going on, guys? Pleasure to have you both on. Hey, what's going on, Brandon? Hey, Brandon. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having us, us man. Appreciate yeah, no it. problem. For those who don't know, this is Butterfueled. It's Jay and Anderson Butter. They are the brothers behind Butter Butterfueled and are one of the strongest proponents for carnivore diets, animal-based nutrition, and they openly embrace a no-nonsense approach to nutrition because they think that nutrition should be made simple. It's very similar to what I do as well. Their mission as proponents of a carnivore diet and animal-based nutrition is to dispel food myths and spread the message about animal foods being the key to unlocking human prosperity through their health, sustainability, and security, all while helping others achieve their health goals by learning how to lose fat off forever and build muscle with their second page, also called Butterfueled Fitness. I wanted to hear a little bit about your story, both you guys, kind of how you got into this way of eating, this way of, of life. It's more of a lifestyle at this point because um, you develop so many different habits. But what kind of drove you um, to eat butter, kind of drove you to a carnivore diet? Um, both of you guys, whoever wants uh, to go first. Yeah, uh, thank you, Brandon. Uh, you know that. Thank you for that great intro. Uh, certainly feels very, very flattering. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. The message is simple: human health, and that comes through animal foods. Uh, but yeah, you put it, you put it perfectly. I like that. Uh, so I, I started on the carnivore diet, kind of just looking for like a weight loss hack, or a weight loss edge, you could say. Uh, came across. Uh, Joe Rogan's podcast with Dr. Sean Baker. Uh, yeah. When he came out, I thought it was crazy. Someone would just eat steak, but that idea sat with me for for a while, actually for like a few months, because he came out in December and then in April I was giving it a try, uh, and um, I kind of just stuck with it. I think you know, you, I, I entered the diet for weight loss, but ended up staying for the health benefits yeah. that came 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 after it. Uh, you know. Just eating eating meat, eating, eating animal foods, was just more satisfying, more satiating, kept me full full longer. Uh, and the health benefit aspect is, you know, I always had respiratory problems growing up, so going to uh, uh, ear, nose, throat doctor was kind of pretty common thing when I was a child. Uh, that I had a, a nose surgery to remove some polyps. So that there's like these small little things that grow in your uh, nostrils. Or sinuses. Sinuses. Yeah. sinuses. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I had to have them removed because you just it, it was just consistent congestion. Um, they were removed when I was a kid. And then what, eight, nine years later, uh, I went again to the ENT, ear, nose, throat doctor, they came back apparently apparently it's something that comes back it's just a normal thing uh sure <laughs> and his his recommendation was to kind of just here here's a nasal wash and here's a steroid uh spray uh yeah. and then you just do that forever uh, i mean and then that's how you keep it in check uh i only did that for three days but it just it it, it also timed at the same time where i was starting off my carnivore diet uh, and then I, I was supposed to come back in three months by, you know, I just put it off because I didn't really follow the recommendation. Uh, came back six months later or so. Uh, and then they probed again my my nose. You know, they, they, they threw uh, like a, a tele what do they call like a tube to check uh, your nostrils, yeah, yeah. your sinuses. And um, they didn't find anything. And they looked, they looked pretty thoroughly. They didn't find anything. And, um, I mean, I didn't make the connection, right? I was just like, that's, that's weird. Yeah. The doctor also didn't seem, he seemed pretty neutral to it. He was like, oh, that medication worked. <laughs> I was like, no, I mean, I, I did it for like three days. Um, and yeah, I think that's kind of like, that was a clicking point for me. Like I, the only thing that I've really done is just change how I eat. Uh, sure. I feel better. My knees don't hurt. I know like a bunch of other things, but th this was like a, a big aha moment for me. And now four years later, I'm still doing it, still promoting it. Um, yeah. So. Well, uh, and, and have you, you've been carnivore for four years and it's never came back at all? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a good question. I should, I haven't really tested it because I haven't really had any sinuses problems, but yeah. you know, that's a fair point. Maybe I should, 
check again and kind of just confirm again. Yeah, no. Uh, but you know, something funny about uh, this way of eating is as, as I've been full carnivore, uh, I haven't been to the doctor once. And um, I hear a lot of carnivores and a lot of meat-based eaters just tell me that they just don't go to the doctor anymore. Um, because often sugar makes you sick. Sugar makes you inflammatory. And that's, you know, the whole culprit behind it is, you know, the doctor's office is a business and they want you back. So they're just like any other business. So, oh, yeah. you know, if they prescribe you something that will fix the symptoms, but not the root, you'll end up coming back. If they prescribe you a low fat diet, you'll end up coming back with another issue. Um, so super important. Uh, how about you? How about your story? How you, how you got into things as well? Yeah, uh, man, I love your your background, by the way. The, the, oh, the yeah. Guy. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I like it. Um, but so so he, he's the older brother, right? He's always been in, the one into like nutrition and fitness. I always struggled with my weight growing up. So I got put on my first diet, like with a nutritionist when I was in the second grade. I was just like a, an obese little kid. Um, and she gave me like this, you know, low fat, high fiber yeah. diet, you know, Cheerios, low fat milk. Uh, I could have all the diet soda I wanted. Um and then, you know, I could have all the food I wanted. I could have ice cream on the weekends, but everything was portioned, right? So, you know, that worked for like, you know, a few, a couple of years. But yeah, I, it, the weight would always keep on coming back, like all throughout my life, right? Uh, this is like early childhood, uh, teenage years. Um, you know, in middle school, high school, uh, I got into swimming. I was an athlete. So that helped me like keep the weight off, you know, got into like decent shape. But then as soon as I went to college, bro, like, uh, all the weight just came back, you know, I, I stopped exercising and everything. Um, so my brother got me into keto, uh, that, that worked for a while. You know, I was always into, into lifting, into doing all the right things, trying to eat right. Uh, but you know, my, 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 my issue was, uh, keeping off the, the sugar addictions, uh, the yeah. treats, you know, and when I was in college, like I was drinking a lot, just doing all the, all the bad behaviors. Um, but he, he he got me into keto. That worked for for a while. I uh, lost weight on keto. Then I gained weight weight on keto. Uh, then he tried the carnivore thing. Um, I thought it was insane. I, I would tell him, you know, eat some celery for Christ's sake. Like, <laughs> if you're not gonna eat any plants, like at least have a little bit of fiber. Um, wouldn't listen. Wouldn't listen. He didn't die after two years. So so I tried it. Um, and this was uh, I've been carnivore for two years now. So since 2020, pretty much. Um, which was, you know, like a crazy year when everything hit the fan. Um, uh, I, I let myself go right. Like during quarantine and all, all of that stuff. Um, uh, but as soon as I became carnivore, like, you know, my life changed like within, within like, I would say like within six weeks of like starting it, uh, within six to six weeks to three months, my life changed, man. Like, I, I just like, I dropped so much weight. Um, and like for the first time in my life. I've just been able to manage to keep the weight off effortlessly uh, for the past two years. You know, I, I also, I grew up with a host of respiratory issues, digestive issues. So I would always be going to the doctor, yeah. uh, the stomach doctor, ENT as well. Like, um, but now I haven't been to the doctors for the last two years Yeah, and I don't ever yeah. want to go back. <laughs> no. we, we have, we have a very similar story actually, yeah. um, except, you know, there's some, some parts where we differ. I'm 21 right now, so I'm in college, and I don't drink at all because I, I want to practice what I preach. Um, nice. Also, I was 100 pounds, I was 100 pounds heavier than I am now, which is kind of what got me into this kind of lifestyle. And mm -hmm. carnivore was, I have to say, the only way of eating that actually let me maintain my weight really freely without having to track anything. Um, because as human beings, this is genetically, this is our diet. Our you know our stomachs handle this diet. Every species has their species appropriate diet. So when you eat carnivore, right. those cravings won't come back to you. Um, and I've seen a lot of people, including myself, that do keto that still have the cravings. Uh, a big one is coffee. A lot of coffee induces mm -hmm. a lot of cravings. Um, there's a lot of, it's, I'm not saying it's vegetables that increase the cravings. They do decrease the nutrients, which can mm -hmm. in turn increase the cravings. So think, something to think about when you're doing keto and you want to transition to carnivore, it really does make a big difference uh, just removing the plant matter. Oh yeah. Also with somebody like me who had IBS um, on keto, which is just a lot of even meat-based keto. I did, I did a lot of meat. I did a lot of veg. As soon as I took the veg out, my IBS completely gone after a week. Um, so it's great to hear your stories. And I want to go right back 
um, to what you said before and get started on this topic as nutritionists. Oh boy, we have a lot to say about nutritionists. Now, technically I'm a certified nutritionist. Um, so I can tell people that I'm a nutritionist. However, uh, going to school and, and doing a program for nutrition uh, is a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. Mm -hmm. It's so hard because you're practicing the opposite of what they're telling you. They're telling you saturated fat should be 10% of your diet. They're telling you high fiber, low fat, all the myths dispelled. Um, but the biggest one they're telling you is calories in, calories out, which I wanted to go over with you guys for a little bit and kind of debunk this because, you know, when I lost a lot of the weight, I was doing calories in, calories out. And it did work. But unfortunately, the weight would pile right back on unless I sort of ate a species appropriate diet and I sort of fixed my food quality. Now, calories in, calories out is a really good business model because a lot of nutritionists and a lot of doctors will prescribe it to you because after a while, you gain the weight back and it keeps you coming back. Nobody really prescribes carnivore because, well, one, it wouldn't make anybody any money. Uh, and two, it wouldn't make big pharma or big government any money either. So really a method to get people to come back is just tell them, eat the smaller portions of ice cream on the weekend, yeah. uh, keep that sugar addiction alive, because that's essentially what that's doing. It's slowly, you're slowly starving yourself. When you cut calories, um, first of all, I have to say, not all calories are equal and it's not even close. Like it's not. Yeah, that's true. If you take 100 calories of salmon and 100 calories of Oreos, they do two completely things, different things to your body. They make you look a completely different way. They make you feel a completely different way. One makes you hungrier. One keeps you stuffed. Um, not saying 100 calories of salmon will keep you stuffed, but you get my point. Try eating eggs and meat for a day and then try eating uh, ice cream and chips for a day and see how you feel before and after. And I think that's a big reason why I've stayed yeah. carnivore and why a lot of people continue to stay carnivore is, you know, the reason when they try and add foods back that aren't carnivore, uh, it comes back to bite them and, it, and it, it, you kind of feel like crap. Um, but in a calorie deficit, as they like to say, you always feel like crap. So please give me a few reasons why calories in, calories out is not only unnecessary, but it's it's pointless. Uh, do you do you wanna do you wanna yeah that off or yeah? So so this is one of those subjects. You know, it's it's uh, always controversial in the carnivore community, but. I feel like it's it's important that we're also careful, um, like what, what what exactly we're blaming here, because we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? Mm -hmm. Because um, you're right, like everything everything you said is right, like uh, you know, portion control and all those things, they they work for the really short term, but they're not sustainable. Right. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's 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 been demonstrated like over and over again you know, that calorie restriction works, right? Like it, it makes you lose weight. It does what they tell you it does. The only issue is like the sustainability aspect of it. Like, and, and the fact that you're also losing tissue and bone density. Yeah. And, yeah. Like it's, know, it's not, not it's bad. not cool. Yeah. Like, you know, they've shown like people can lose weight on a Twinkie diet, right? right? People can lose weight eating McDonald's, whether that's good for you or not. It's a, you know, it's obviously beyond the question, right? It's, it's, it's horrible. Uh, but it, but it works. Right. Um, so in that sense, right, like you can't you can't beat thermodynamics, you can't beat the physics of it. But, um, you know, uh, the the secotards, right? We'll call them the secotards. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, they missed they missed the point that you know one of the reasons why uh, carnivore works is because you're not focusing on the calories in portion, right? But rather like it's 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 there's the whole uh part where the calories out formula is also important and I, I feel like that often misses is missed out on the conversation uh because once you start eating nutrient dense right once you start eating high protein uh animal fats you start getting all those minerals and and vitamins in uh your body like will will fix itself uh to the point where like it it, it just it, it starts working at its normal state at its normal health state right because as you said, a hundred calories of Oreos versus a hundred calories of eggs or meat, it's not the same because the Oreos, they will mess you up. They mess up your metabolism. They mess up your hormones. You know, they mess up your sleep. Uh, like you're just, you're just a different human when you're running on junk versus when you're running on like actual. Right. 
animal-based foods, right? right. Like, so like you're saying, appropriate. Yeah. So, so you're saying, I mean, I totally agree with this, but the calories you put in affect the calories out. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, so when you eat a species appropriate diet, when you eat meat and eggs and fatty fish and, and animal fats, you end up without realizing it, just moving more and you just end up, you know, yeah. doing these things that you don't, you don't usually see yourself doing. And I, I see, I say this all the time is, uh, a lot of bigger, lazier people, you know, they're, they're lazy because of what they put in their body. It could be one, uh, the processed sugar and inflammatory, uh, food that they're putting in their body. And two, it could just be their, their brain and you know, how the foods affect oh, yeah. the brain. Um, because people out there are paid to put additives in food that affect your brain to keep you addicted to sugar. Um, and it's not a coincidence that what you eat, will affect the way you feel and it'll affect your whole day. And absolutely. I totally agree that the calories you put in your body um, will affect the calories out of your body, which is why it doesn't make any sense to count calories. Because if I put you on a 2000 calorie diet of just Oreos uh, and, or I put, how about this? I put you on a 2000 calorie diet of just fiber, of only fiber. You can only have fibrous foods. You are expending all of that oh, through yeah. your body out of your stool and not using it at all. Then I put you on 2000 calories of fatty meat and eggs. And what happens? You feel like you are enlightened. You walk and you go outside and you actually do things productive. Um, you start moving around. You aren't in bed all day. You aren't laying on the couch all the time. And, you know, these things affect, you know, your day-to-day -day habits. And that in turn affects energy expenditure. And I just hate the word calories so much because it is so glorified of, you know, if yeah. it's macros or portion size all this garbage to keep you addicted. And the fact is that 99% of people out there in America, at least I know have sugar addictions uh, and they don't realize that they have a sugar addiction, but they do because the only way you and I got that big was from a sugar addiction. There's no other way. You can't, you can try and eat all the animal fat you want, but you're not going to balloon up to, you know, 250 pounds. You just can't, it's your body won't let you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, just to just to add up a, a little bit more to that, it's um, I view calories as just a tool as a quantitative approach. Uh, I totally agree about uh, the the message being diluted when you say uh, uh, you eat junk, you're obviously going to feel junk, you can calorie hack and lose weight uh, with 15 1500 calories and just eat halo top, something like that, yeah. which happens a lot in the bodybuilding community. They're like, oh, my calorie budget for the day is 2,000. I can blow my budget up and they'll still be in progress. Yeah, they'll use calories as an excuse to eat junk. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the other thing I see in, in the bodybuilding industry, uh, which is so wrong, is they count one gram of protein as one gram of protein from every food. Uh, they just think that the number is the number and that's it. But different foods have a different effect on your body. Like, for example, one gram of spinach, protein from spinach, one gram of protein from almonds, and one gram of protein from eggs will all react differently in your body. Your body will actually use the amino acids from eggs. They actually have a bioavailable profile. Um, stuff like spinach, stuff like uh, almonds, it just it's just not being used by your body. Most of it turns to waste. Uh, and the small amount of bioavailability it has is just not better than the amount of toxins it has. So that's another thing. The, the bodybuilding industry is honestly probably the biggest leader of the calories in, calories out movement. <laughs> Uh, along with nutritionists, it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and it's a huge scam. But, uh, you know, but to be a hundred percent honest with you, we we do use calories. Uh, my brother and I, we use calories because we cycle. We cycle our calories. We we want to build muscle. We eat more calories, and that is the tool that we use as a quantitative approach to see how much we are eating to maintain progress, and how much we less we have to eat when we want to shred. So we yeah. cycle, you know, that's, that's fine. I, I have different ways to do it because a lot of people come into this carnivore way of eating for simplicity, you know, eat meat yeah. until you're full, eat fats until you're full. Uh, and if that doesn't work, yes, you have to readjust. When you readjust, you can do things like lowering your dairy because dairy is, you know, meant to help us put on weight. Um, you can also slightly lower your fat intake, whether that be added fats or switching to a slightly leaner cut of meat that you're using and you will lose weight from there naturally. Um, but don't get caught up in the whole idea of counting calories because the, your energy expenditure is another thing that changes every single day. If I move my hands like this today, 
and tomorrow I don't do that at the same exact time while eating the same thing, my metabolism just changed. And these small changes happen thousands of times a day. You don't even realize it, that you do different patterns throughout the day. So you can use your Apple Watch all you want to track, but you'll never know your expenditure. Um, like if you are just, you just happen to eat a little bit more animal fat, you just might happen to move a little bit more. This is just why for me personally, for my clients, it just doesn't make any sense to track calories. You, you will never know your expenditure. You can guess, you're not going to get close, but you can guess. Uh, cause the other thing I want to mention is the thermic effect of food and the thermic effect of food, you can use a calculator all you want. Um, but by the time you figure out today's thermic effect of food, it all, it all be tomorrow or next week. It's going to take that long because each day you're eating different amounts of protein and different amounts of fat. Fat has a very low thermic effect of food does not burn much to digest. Your body easily absorbs it. Protein takes a lot out of you to digest. Um, so you'll never know. You, you won't know and you won't get close. And that's, that's the bottom line. Yes, you can eat more than yesterday. Um, but in my opinion, you just won't know and it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, it depends, depends on the person's goal, right? Um, we, we like it because it tells you where you have been and where you can go, right? Because if you have been, you know, we have people that chronically fast and um, they've been eating a thousand calories and they're stalled, right? Um, you cannot tell this person to cut any further uh, yeah. or eat any further, regardless of whatever diet they're on. So that's when you kind of have to talk them into eating more and the only way... You know, you have to quantify a way to uh, get them to eat more in a smart way without making it all gain fat. Um, it's yeah, it's a. Uh, it um, I think I think uh, carnivore sometimes gets a bad bad rap because we say calories don't exist. And I mean, if you eat one pound of food versus two pounds of food, that quantitatively is just different. Uh, a small person is going to eat less. A big person is going to eat more. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I don't want the people in the carnivore community to be looked at, oh, these are the crazy weirdos that think that, well, uh, we live off, of, of nothingness or whatever, but it's, it's, um, I think it's important to acknowledge that, um, calories, <laughs> the, the, they are a real thing. Uh, and sure. When you start eating well, it's a whole new ball game, um, but but we cannot discard uh, this this uh, this this tool because otherwise it's, it's just going to scare more people away. People are going to make fun of us. Um, yeah, I un I understand that situation. Uh, I get it. The it's a rare issue where you have to tell somebody to eat more. Um, there are ways around it that I could use. Um, but if that's your method and that's what works for you guys, that's fine. It, it does not matter to me. But I do want to state something is when I went carnivore for the first time, this is after a period of long caloric restriction. I was eating, I was a, doing a bodybuilding diet. That's where I came from. That's how I lost a lot of the weight. Um, and I wouldn't have kept it off. Thank God if it wasn't for, you know, healthy fats and staying full. But when I started carnivore, I was told this, I was told you could eat as much as you want. And you can eat until you're full. I was 8% body fat when I started. I was extremely lean because I had been slowly starving myself for years and years. And when I was told I could eat as much as I want, I gained 20 pounds in the first few months. Now, I came into carnivore thinking, oh, you can't gain weight from this. Um, I was piling on the butter, absolutely piling it on. I was having the fattiest cuts of meat I could find. What was happening was... I just wasn't using this excess energy throughout the day. It was just not being used. It was being stored. If you didn't use it, you're going to store it. Um, and that's the truth, whether you burn fats or carbohydrates. So I see a lot of people um, now do this trend. And, and by the way, my weight eventually went back down to a normal set point. For me, it's around 12% body fat. That's where I like to stay year round. If I add a lot of dairy, I'll jump up a little. If I remove it, I'll stay leaner. Um, but after months and months and months and months of doing this, eventually I just got less hungry. I think, uh, I think a big part of what it was, was that I was filling myself. I was so nutrient void because I cut fat for the longest time. So when I, my body got a taste of that butter and that fatty meat and those egg yolks that I was throwing away and using the whites, I like couldn't stop. Like I couldn't stop. And then eventually after months and months, the weight just slowly came off and I just got a little less hungry naturally. And then I spent my natural set point exactly where I wanted to be. Um, but yes, there are definitely times where it can be a strategy to implement calories 
I like to do it a different way, but I definitely understand where you guys are coming from. Um, yeah, usually that, people... That's just to say, like, you know, it's it's uh, like, you know, some people overemphasize it too much. Um, but it's not it's not the it's not the key driver, right? The key driver is going to be that sustainability aspect to it. Mm -hmm. How easy you can adhere to to, you know, the, the way you're eating. Right. And I think that's where carnivore at least like helps you learn that better or just it just hit it hits it right on the nail definitely right, i so. think i think the best way to do it honestly um what you guys could have done too is get healthy first and then the weight will come off by itself um when you're eating a species appropriate diet you just want to be as healthy as you possibly can developing new habits using the sauna going for walks uh strength training with intensity you know doing stuff like this just paired with a diet like that and the weight will fly off and you don't really have to try too hard if you're really heavy in the beginning, which is what I find a lot of people uh, do that when they start, they're insulin resistant and the weight comes right off. Speaking of insulin resistance, I want to go over some symptoms because I don't know, last time I checked was 88% of people in America were insulin resistant. I, I think that's a lie. I think it's more, um, but Give me some symptoms of someone who was insulin resistant. Uh, someone, what are the symptoms of someone who is like super insulin resistant, someone who's super metabolically sick and unhealthy? Yeah. So insulin resistance is, uh, yeah. When you, uh, you're, you're kind of building up a tolerance to how much insulin you're producing yourself. So, and you produce insulin every time you eat a meal, especially a carbohydrate rich meal. So, cause your, your body's trying to store away the glucose, um, so, you know, with repeated spikes, your body start, your, your cells start getting more full and full of glucose. Uh, so obviously the more obese or overweight you are, the more, uh, the more likely you are of developing this insulin resistance, which means uh, your body's having to produce more insulin uh, to store that glucose away. Uh, so that usually uh, looks like uh, having high blood glucose for extended periods of time. So there's a, there's a, like a normal baseline glucose level, uh, depending on the day or what, if waking up or, you know, post-meal, pre-meal could range from like 60 to 90, maybe a hundred, uh, post-meal on a carbohydrate diet could be 120, uh, to 140 or even more, um, you know, your insulin resistance when, when that spike kind of stays up. Uh, so your blood glucose stays up, uh, meaning your body is having a hard time making, making you have normal blood glucose levels. Uh, yeah. When, when I think insulin resistance, I just think like, uh, energy inefficient, mm. right? Uh, so your body struggles with using the energy that you're feeding it. Um, and that'll manifest itself with, you know, just feeling low energy, um, you know, be, being fatigued throughout the day or like having energy crashes after a meal. Uh, so I see this all the time at work, you know, after lunch, uh, all my coworkers are like, oh my God, you know, I could take a nap now. And I'm just like, I'm just straight, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, people uh, think that's normal. People think it's normal. Yeah. It's crazy. And then, you know, by the afternoon, they'll need a snack because they'll be hungry or, or they'll have cravings. Uh, oh, cravings. Yeah. That's a, that's a big one. Mm -hmm. uh, people who are insulin resistant tend to, tend to just, uh, tend to crave, especially if they're, if they're like, uh, sugar addicted, they, they can't help themselves. Right. They, they, they need to have a snack here and there. Uh, my, my manager, she's, <laughs> she's diabetic. Uh, so she has lots of snacks in her desk and you can just tell you, right. Like, uh, you know, she, she, she needs to have this around. Otherwise she, she doesn't feel good. Um, what other symptoms do we have? So you said high blood glucose, you know, things yeah. like high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. uh usually if you're insulin resistance like you know you're going to be like overweight but that's not always the case uh there are some cases mm -hmm. where like people can be skinny but just have like really poor like uh energy metabolism mm -hmm. uh well there's they'll still experience like the the brain fog and and just like these uh uh energy crashes right yeah yeah Feel, yeah feeling sleepy post meal uh mm -hmm. maybe a headache um because you have you suddenly have like a um uh, a drop in glu glucose or right. Yeah. yeah. Great. And then going along the lines, um, how can someone get insulin sensitive? You mentioned, um, you get insulin resistant by either eating lots of times throughout the day or eating lots of carbohydrates or both. And 
you do those two things and you take them away and there you go. Over time, you become insulin sensitive. It's that easy. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you have to you're using the right fats, um, but and the right and the right proteins too. But you'll become very, very insulin sensitive and very metabolically healthy. So eating less often, not necessarily eating less portions, but eating less often. So when people say eat less, you know they might just me- might necessarily just mean less meals. Um, because yes, even if you just have pure fat, your insulin will rise a little bit. Uh, if you do have protein, mm-hmm. your insulin will spike. Uh, and of course, carbohydrates will send it through the roof, but eating less often, if you're eating four or five times a day, you drop that to two or three times a day and you cut your carbohydrates to a lot and replace it with healthy fats because you can't just cut them. You have to replace it with healthy fats. Um, you will become slowly more insulin sensitive and the signals, the symptoms of somebody who's insulin sensitive are which, oh. Oh, is insulin sensitive? Uh well, yeah, yeah, you know, constant energy levels. Well, how do you guys feel every day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty pretty steady energy levels, uh no sluggishness. Um yeah, it's like just like steady energy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, you know, we we've, we've been carnivores for a while now, so you tend to forget the benefits. Yeah, it yeah. It just becomes normal. <laughs> feeling good, feeling good it becomes a normal thing. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely um you know, uh, being able to just like, if I don't have a, if I don't have a meal, I can just skip it and like, I'll be good. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, it's I not like the end of the world when you, when it's lunch and you have nothing to eat. It's like, that's fine. I'm absolutely fine. Right. It's not, it's, it's, it's slight discomfort that you're not eating, but obviously it's like no big deal. Yeah, yeah. completely. I, I think, um, another one you just said, I want to, um, sort of add to that is late night cravings. If you're insulin resistant, mm. um, a huge one is late night cravings and the urges to eat as soon as you wake up. Um, that is your body signal relying completely on glucose. You're out of glucose when you sleep, you need more sugar. You have to eat sugar every few hours. Otherwise you'll be hungry and you'll stay in that cycle on and on and on. Eventually you'll get obese. Uh, or if you don't, you'll get diabetes or you'll get some sort of issue um, because we are the only species that relies on glucose this much, it, it becomes ridiculous. And sometimes, oh, yeah. uh, you know, we're the only species that is off of our natural diet, um, which is really a problem because we're the only ones that eat stuff in a box or a bag. Um, I use this example all the time. If you take a wild dog that's out in nature, uh, they're not fat, not a hundred percent of the time. They're not fat. If you take a deer out of nature, if you go look around, they're not fat. Um, let's say you take that same dog and you bring him into your house and you domesticate him and you feed him processed sugars, grains, seed oils, all these dog treats. Uh, what happens? The dog gets fat, the dog gets sick, it gets diabetes. Um, what do you think happens with a human? You know, very, very similar. Oh, yeah. yeah, man. I mean, the whole idea of a supermarket, you could say is like uh, revolutionary before when it first was introduced. That not, now people just assume that everything under that roof is food. Right. You walk yeah. down those aisles. That's that's natural human food, but it's really food like substances. Yes. Artificial yeah. stuff. Uh, which I mean, are they are, is this being done on purpose? What's going on here? Are, are, are we being confused on purpose? I know. I know. And uh, right. I always tell people the, the outside aisles are where you should shop. That's where all the, you oh. know, if you're if you're not carnivore, that's where the produce is. Um, if you're animal based, that's where the fruit is. Um, that's where the eggs are. That's where the butter is, that's where the meat are, the fish, seafood, all of it, all of the good stuff, um, are on the outside aisles and the middle aisles are so corrupt. Um, you'd have to be a detective to understand everything that happens in the middle aisles, uh, or a nutritionist or somebody like super health focused. And if you walk into a supermarket and you walk right into the middle aisles, you're totally screwed, uh, totally, yeah. totally screwed and set up. Um, for something that leads to insulin resistance. Yeah, and it's it's funny how in the supermarkets also, what as soon as you enter, you'll always be bombarded by those products as well, right? Like as soon as you enter, there's cookies, there's chips. At the checkout line, there's chocolates, there's all these things. So key it, points. So you know, you you can never avoid it completely, even if you only shop outside on the outside area. Here's, here's a good one. Ready? Yeah. Real, real food that has an expiration date. Mm. Real food expires. Oh, yeah. If your food doesn't <laughs> expire what are you eating? How, how is it sitting there for that long? When you walk oh, in the yeah. grocery store, did you walk in last year and see the same cookies? Because that's insanity to me. It's insane how they can keep something on a shelf for that long of a time. 
Um, obviously, it's not good for you. Obviously, it's not good for your health at all. Um, when you stay on the outside aisles, you're going to run into stuff like butter. Obviously, you guys form a whole clothing line, a whole brand around the, the idea of eating saturated fat and eating butter, um, which kind of branches into my next question, which is why are saturated fats so good for the body and the brain? And what do these animal fats do differently than plant fats? Mm. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, fat produces ketones and ketones seems to be a, a metabolic substrate that is more powerful than glucose, meaning gives you more energy uh, per unit, you could say. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it feeds the brain. Uh, so that mental clarity, that that constant energy is actually coming from the ketones. So that and that's a product of metabolizing fat. Um, yeah, it burns cleaner. It burns cleaner. Uh, so, um, yeah, compared to glucose, you, you start talking about creating reactive oxygen species, which are your oxidants. Right. So and there's always a balance between antioxidants and oxidants. Uh, so that's always trying to uh, in play in the body. But obviously, if you're eating glucose the whole time, uh, you're you're more likely to produce oxidants, throwing you off balance, creating oxidative damage. And that's you know that's that's what that's what you call inflammation, right? Uh, all all inflammatory diseases. I'm not saying this is the root cause, right? But this is could be one of the contributing factors in a whole list of bad things. Um, where you're not using the most efficient fuel, which I believe is ketones or fat. Mm -hmm. um, How about the plant fats? How, what does butter do differently uh, than margarine? What does butter do differently than even stuff like olive oil? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, just to add one more thing to what he said, yeah. so that the brain is 60% fat, you know, so the, the brain is a super fatty tissue. So when you when you think about that, when you, when you start comparing the animal saturated fats versus the plant polyunsaturated fats, you know, from a just from a chemical perspective, anyone who's taking chemistry will understand that saturated fats are more stable, just overall. You know, across temperatures, right? So they're less likely to to be uh, become oxidized. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, plant fats, you know, they're they're applauded for being polyunsaturated, which just so happen to be uh, more polyunsaturated, uh, more reactive to to heat, right? So by the time you're ingesting them. Uh, you know, if you're if you're having them from a restaurant or you're cooking with the uh, seed oils, they're rancid. Um, yeah, exactly. They're right. rancid, right? So they're, they're already damaged. You know, they they come in these plastic. They're they're being reheated over and over again, just in the in the refining process. Now, if you're eating fried junk, if you're eating deep fried food, that that uh, frying oil has been reused multiple multiple times. Just ask anyone who's at, who's ever worked a fryer at yeah, any restaurant. I have. I have. Oh, you have. <laughs> yeah. That oil sits there and I worked there for, I worked at this Mexican place. Uh, obviously I'm not going to give the name because uh, I don't want, you know, to, to trash it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I worked at this place near me and um, they have a deep fryer there. And I have never once in my year and a half of working there previous, I worked there when I was 17. Um, yeah. I never seen them change the oil ever. Oh. <laughs> They've never, never changed it. Uh, and even if they do change it, what are you changing it with? The same oil. You're, you know, yeah. you're canola oil with canola oil. No matter how long it sits there, it's inflammatory. No matter how, and that's the other thing too. It's is horrible. It, it'll say organic. I've seen products that, you know, have been posted on Instagram that, that are, you know, attract all these people and it's organic expeller pressed canola oil. I'm like, even if it's organic, it's it's organic and inflammatory. So it's the best form of inflammation. I don't understand. Um, but definitely the inflammation is the biggest difference for me in the difference between plant fats and animal fats as you yeah. don't know what's in those olive oils and avocado oils if you're going to use them. And if you are using them uh, and you're not heating them, what are you doing with them? Because if, are you putting them on a salad? Because then that's your problem too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Double down on it. Yeah. So, so what are you actually doing with them? And the yeah. other issue is this the stearic acid that the animal fat contains uh, that is so, so vital for your health. Um, those 18 carbon saturated fatty acids are just so, so necessary for you. And when I cut them, when a lot of bodybuilders cut them, you feel like garbage. Ask anybody a few days before prep how they feel when they cut fat because it has nine calories and, you know, mm -hmm. that's what they do. And that's why you feel so bad um, when you yeah. cut it out. And yeah. very, very similar topic. I know you mentioned a lot about the brain being fat, uh, made up of fat. How about the cholesterol on the brain? Um, isn't that super important? 
And if cholesterol isn't the issue, which I think we can all agree on, I've talked about cholesterol so many times throughout my podcast. I wanted to just get into more of the rest of the blood work. What should people look for in their blood work that do a carnivore diet? Um, for instance, I have high cholesterol. My triglycerides are very low. Now that I would consider a good thing. What else? Yeah, so that's a good point. Yeah, just looking at up uh, by itself, triglycerides uh, should be low. Uh, depends on the context of the starting individual, right? If the person is obese already and they have high triglycerides and they start a carnivore diet, you know, they need time to you know get to a lean weight and then uh, retest. Yeah. Uh, but then also the the ratio of uh, total cholesterol to uh, triglycerides. Um, uh, yeah. Or HDL triglycerides to HDL. HDL right. to HDL. Yeah, right. yes. So if you're doing it in uh, milligrams per deciliter, you uh, usually a good metric is to have that ratio under 2.0. Uh, so your TGs to HDL. Um, and you know, just just to be uh, clear, we're not medical experts, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's not medical advice, but uh, you know, uh, cholesterol as a as a blood marker, it's very important to consider the context because. Uh, Yes, high cholesterol, you know, in our context, should not it's not a concern, right? High LDL, but in an otherwise obese person, a high LDL, high triglycerides and low HDL, that's that's like a crux, right? That that's a big issue. That's a sign of clear insulin resistance, metabolic syndrome, and just like, you know, again, uh being energy inefficient um <laughs> with their with their use. Uh but so you you know, uh as far as like metrics you could use or, or markers you should look for uh to be concerned. I mean, from what we've researched right uh, mm -hmm. and we're just two random dudes here <laughs> um two critical thinkers yeah two critical thinkers um you know the, the the biggest risk factors are you know are you diabetic are you overweight are you do you have high blood pressure do you have insulin resistance do you have um they say high blood pressure already yeah yeah, yeah. uh you know that, that that's sort of the thing you know it's it's you know your waist circumference right like you know can you can you right? Like, do you fit in your clothes? That sort of thing, right? Um, if you don't have any of that, and then, you know, you're at a healthy weight, and you just have a high LDL, um, it's completely normal. If you're avoiding if you're doing like a low carbohydrate diet, that's yeah. actually like a physiological necessity, right? Because LDL will help you mobilize those fatty acids for energy. So it, LDL is like mm -hmm. a boat, right? Mm -hmm. it, it shuttles fat soluble vitamins, it shuttles cholesterol, all throughout your body, which is, you know, essential for, you know, things like your, again, your sex hormones, your uh, testosterone. And um, every single cell in your body. Every, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all, all your cell membranes are made out of uh, cholesterol. Um, cholesterol has anti-inflammatory uh, properties, you know, uh, yeah. it's, um, it actually it promotes, um, uh, what's the word, uh, promotes like a, like a generation of, uh, uh, neuronal cells in your brain also like you know it helps your, your brain repair itself yeah uh, so that's that's pretty pretty important your, your brain is tends to be pretty high cholesterol uh, most of your cholesterol actually i believe will be in your brain and if you look for it's funny because if you look for like the food's highest in cholesterol which i think is is something we should all seek um you know uh things like liver and eggs will show up but the highest food the highest cholesterol food is actually brain so, so if you like, uh, like, like half brain or something like that, like it's like such a fatty, high cholesterol food. Um, I'm sure it's like super good for you. No surprise. They made it like illegal to, to sell it to consumers, you know, somewhere around like the 1920s or something like yeah. that. Like that's one of the first things the FDA came for. And, you know, they do the same thing with raw milk. Uh, it's so, oh, yeah. so unfortunate. Um, so let's say, let's say you convince someone, all right, you convince someone to go full carnivore, you tell them the Ansel Keys theory, you tell them about Procter and Gamble and they're big believers on it. What is the first few tips that you wish you knew that you can tell someone who's starting a carnivore diet for the first time in their life? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, for that it's, you know, it's carnivore diet. The real sticking power of, of carnivore diet is the health benefits and the sustainability of it. Right. So being able to understand that you are able to break free from your cravings or uh, whatever other food and realize how good you can feel just eating this delicious food. That's where the sustainable aspect comes from. Uh, so first person trying carnivore, um, you know, I would say 
don't worry about weight, you know, just make sure you're full all the time. Agreed, definitely. Because that will create that sustainable aspect of it. Uh, because you'll, you'll be like, hey, my knee pain went away or hey, my skin is looking better. These little things that you're like, this makes so much sense now. And after a few months, you'll realize that uh, if you stick with it long enough, uh, you're able to fight off, you know, the sugar foods, your your addictions. You, you're in a much healthier place now to have the willpower, the strength to not even think about it, which is a big drawback in the other diets. Right. Uh, so, you know, you know, kind of to put it shortly, it's like, yeah, eat started to get healthy, get healthy. And then now you can focus on losing weight because now you're much stronger uh, in, in all aspects. If you enter the diet and then try to try, try to lose weight right away, it's like you haven't you haven't fought off the cravings yet. You haven't noticed the health benefits of it yet. Um, all these other good things that make the, the diet really, really powerful. Um, yeah, I feel like many people come to it for the weight loss specifically. And um, when they start it out, they tend to combine carnivore with lots of fasting as well, mm. um, which, you know, it's 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 a powerful tool, right? And it can have its downsides. So, so that, yeah, so that's why, like, you know, eat, eat. And, you know, obviously you get lots of fat in and don't forget to add the salt. You need the salt. Yeah, I, I agree with that as well. Salting your foods heavily. Uh, people coming to carnivore, uh, all I've known are three really big major reasons. One, uh, they are overweight and they need to lose weight. And that's their driver. Two, they have an autoimmune or they just need to, they just want to feel better or heal their condition. Uh, and then three, they come from a period of caloric restriction and, you know, eating 80% of the meal and then putting it away because they want to portion their food and they've been eating salads for years. Those are the three that I can think of that come to mind. I think it fits almost everybody. Uh, all three are the same, same issue. They have to eat meat until they're full and you have to eat until you're full. And, and an obese person is going to look online and be like, oh, I just ate so many calories and I was eating calories before uh, and they're going to get in their own head. No, eat meat to your full. A person who is of caloric restriction for so many years eating salads are like, oh my God, I'm piling all this meat. The salad is so much lighter. No, you have to eat meat to your full. And the person who has anxiety or depression was like, I, I always thought plant foods are so good um, for anxiety and depression. No, you also have to eat meat until you're full. Eat meat until you're full. That's the bottom line. And yeah. this is not- 12 implants. Yeah. And this, this, uh, no, exactly. There's so many things that are not in plan. It's not even, yeah. deep. Oh, I, I, we can go on and on about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, your everything will be fixed. Eat meat, especially fatty red meat until you're full. When you start, um, the other advice that I can give someone besides salting your food heavily, that's important, um, is don't overdo the dairy. You don't go crazy on the dairy. Uh, this is probably the number one thing I see in a lot of carnivores that I just think is plain wrong is a lot of them top their food off with a lot of zero calorie, uh, zero carbohydrate toppings that are not good quality. The whole point of being carnivore is focusing on good quality, nutrient dense foods. And if you're having um, Velveeta, you know, zero <laughs> carbohydrate processed packaged cheese because zero carbohydrates and you're getting burger patties from Wendy's that are in vegetable oil. Congratulations, you just ate processed food and seed oils on a carnivore diet. Uh, exactly the opposite of what you want to do. So there's definitely a dirty carnivore side out there. And yeah. for them, I'd recommend just prioritizing quality of food. It doesn't have to be grass-fed, grass-finished. Although if you have the money, dish it out. In my opinion, it's definitely worth it. It'll feel a little bit better. Uh, you'll get a little bit less of that uh, grain and omega, uh, more omega-3s. Um, however, just don't overload the dairy. Focus on good quality foods. If you're going to do dairy, raw dairy, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, which uh, it's an important lesson because then it makes you seek out where's a farmer and you realize I never in my life have I actually tried to reach out to a farmer that has a dairy yeah. goat, dairy cow. Uh, and then you start, that. that's a good start, you know, trying to get raw dairy because uh, then you, you start seeing the person that makes your food for the first time in your life. <laughs> yeah that's what's, that's what's great about carnivore like there's levels to it right like at the mm -hmm. you know like say you're starting out as a budget carnivore right cheap ground beef and eggs like just go there you go like, that's go what i do it. most yes. of the time that's 90 percent of my diet literally do it yeah I, I find grass-fed ground beef at sam's club where i am four dollars a pound grass-fed grass finished wow uh, it's almost unbeatable 
I found Hatchery's eggs at Sam's Club. I got an 18 pack for six dollars. Uh, I eat probably 10 to 15 of them a day. Um, my day eating comes out to less than ten dollars. Uh, of course, grass fed butter is fairly cheap as well. Um, and I'm not going through a block a day, so I'm still saving money on that. I mean, it's affordable. There, there's no, there's no reason that's not affordable. The other thing is for um, being budget friendly on carnivore there's so much stuff you don't do anymore there's so much stuff that you stop doing one is snacking that's a big one because those little snacks and drinks and shakes they add up like crazy those are expensive two is supplements you can throw those out you don't really need them anymore if you want to do thank you you yes yes. (laughs) you can um it's not as good as getting raw organs like i do um which i order online which i think are worth the bang for my buck but you don't need many supplements. You don't need supplements at all, in my opinion. It's not necessary, no. especially when you start. Um, yeah, you might need electrolyte supplements down the line, uh, but if you salt heavily when you start, most of the time, most people are really, really good, and they see a major difference. Um, other thing, I don't drink alcohol anymore for, since I started this diet at all, and I have no intention to go back to that. I don't even eat carbohydrates, so why would I eat alcohol? Oh, why would I drink alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then. Yeah. The other thing I stopped using was soap and deodorant and skincare products and all of it because I didn't have body odor anymore. And it was unnecessary for me at actually getting rid of the dandruff and getting rid of the dandruff shampoo and switching to carnivore got rid of my dandruff completely. Um, Cause dandruff nice. is a sign of insulin resistance. It's not a sign of your scalp being dry. That's, you know, that's garbage. That's BS. So, so many ways to budget on carnivore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, c- congrats on the uh, no no alcohol. I know that's a that's a tough one. Especially I, honestly, I never. I have to say, I was really addicted to sugar. I was never really a big drinking guy at all. So that was that was the least of my worries. I'm not gonna lie. I I think the sugar, just cutting out the savory foods, were totally my enemy. Like the pizzas, the bagels, and stuff like that. Those were definitely the hardest to to do during my journey but you just don't crave it anymore. Like all I want every day is just a big juicy steak. That That's all I think about. That's literally all I want every day. That's happiness, man. Yeah. yeah. Like that's happiness. Yeah, for, for real. For real. Yeah. It's crazy uh, how you, you, you just relearn how to, what food is and how to eat. Right. And I think like, if you're starting out, you need to allow yourself to relearn everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Because so many people are like, Oh, I'm bored of meat. Like I just started carnivore, but I'm bored of meat. I'm like, well, what, why? Like, what do you miss? You're, no, you're I'm never, tired. never bored. I, right? I'll, I'll have these periods where I cycle through. Like, I'm at a stage right now where I like really want chicken wings for some reason. Like, I'm really oh, yeah. craving some chicken wings with a lot nice. of salt. Um, and you know, a few weeks ago, I only wanted like ground beef. I was just in a ground beef phase, and a few mm-hmm. weeks before that, I only wanted bacon. And I find myself just always craving these fats and just never craving the sugar that's on the table, just naturally. Uh, it, doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't appeal to you anymore. It's crazy how it works. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. We go through uh, faces just like that. Yeah. Uh, chicken wings, man. Can I, uh, so good. Yeah. Can I ask what both of you guys eat in a day? Give me an average day of eating for both of you. Um, now that you're a few years into carnivore, both of you. Yeah. So so right now we're bulking. Uh, we just we we went through a cut, but you know, we're running through our bulk. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So so we're we're egg bulking in a way, uh, or that way. So we're ha- we just started having twenty eggs a day. Uh, so we oh, yeah. basically ran through like three hundred eggs roughly in a week. In a week. Do you do you have them raw? Do you drink them? Uh, it's a mix. It's a mix. Okay. Um, Bit of that's, both. That's what I found is the easiest way to do it. Yeah, that's the, probably like yeah the most convenient, time efficient. Just get them all down. Yeah. Um, it's fun. <laughs> it's yeah. It, 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 yeah, it's a lot of fun so and the way we split it is you know eight ounces of ground beef for breakfast with 10 eggs uh you obviously some butter in the cooking process uh lunch is just maybe 12 ounces of ground beef 80 20 and then dinner we're either having a steak we actually have a steak uh uh up in the uh, up there ready uh ready to sear it's not it's not it's not cooked <laughs> uh and then as a side, another 10 eggs. <laughs> wow. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, so wait, so 30 a day or 20 a day? 20. Oh, tw- tw- 20 a day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We want to work up to 30 though. We want to work. That's insane. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even at that point myself and I'm not even bulking. I'm staying lean while eating at least 15 a day. Uh, but yeah. I'm, 
I don't know how tall you guys are. I mean, it, it definitely depends on everyone's so different, but I'm 5'11". I sit around 170 um, year round. And, you know, the only way my weight kind of goes up is with dairy. And I used to be really, really heavy, but I can't, the, you know, the amount, if I pile, like a pile, a ton of fatty meat on, if I pile a ton of eggs on, I just end up eating less later naturally. Uh, and that's kind of just what tends to happen for me. And I, yeah, it's pretty fair. Yeah, you get to a yeah. point where you just intuitively eat as well, um, which is really cool as well. Um, yeah, but very same for like the same exact meals for you guys both. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, we both cook together. Uh, I mean, we live together, so it's kind of easy. We just yeah. make the same thing twice, or you know, as we're making it, it's just double the amount. Uh, but yeah, I'm five nine, and uh, yeah, in the summer where where I was most shredded, I came down to like maybe one seventy eight. Yeah. Uh, now now I'm sitting at one ninety. Um, because I I I've reversed out of it, right? So I've slowly been increasing my calories my the food amount i, I eat uh just to you know gain that strength that because it, it does feel having this amount of eggs and eating this much it's it's kind of euphoric when you're at the gym right it's like you can hit a set and then 30 seconds later you're like i'm wait hang on i'm i can still go and then you, yeah, you yeah, yeah 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 you're, yeah you're actually fueling yourself that's right yeah, yeah. That, that's what that feels like um, we're just trying to get as big as we can you know naturally of course but especially during the winter yeah uh, especially during the winter you you need the extra coating of fat yeah, <laughs> on yeah. So stay warm that's funny i i want to wrap it up with this one uh last question i want to hear both uh both of your views i want to go over what do you think the biggest drivers that affect your metabolic rate calories out whatever you want to call it what do you think they are um my top three would be food quality, um, sleep, and lean muscle. Hmm. What are your thoughts? It's hard to beat those. Yeah, those yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, uh, yeah, I mean, junk in, uh, junk performance. So obviously, if you eat, if you think about it, I'm having an Oreo. What's that Oreo going to, is that Oreo going to turn to muscle somehow? No. <laughs> no. Uh, it, can your body efficiently use an Oreo as a fuel source? No, that thing is an abstract artificial concept. They yeah. think it's food. Uh, so no, the body's going to have a hard time. So what is it going to do? It's going to store it. Uh, likely, very, most likely, right? Uh, we're, we're dealing with probabilities of depending on the quality of food. So yeah, quality of food, uh, that's a big driver on, on metabolic rate. Because um, you can see in trans fats as well, right? Your, your body, that, that's an anomaly to the body. The body doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, uh, it has to protect itself by by storing it away. Um, quality of food, lean muscle mass. That's our favorite, right? You know, build as much muscle as you possibly can, because uh, not only the act of uh, destroying, <laughs> breaking down your muscle at the gym, uh, you have this after effect of building the muscle, and that is energy intensive. And now, now right. you have the muscle. Uh, maintaining that higher muscle mass requires a higher ba basal uh, you guys missed a missed a huge one um how about burning fat for fuel burning fat for fuel burning oh, fat yeah. for fuel increasing your metabolic rate increasing your energy out um much more efficient than burning glucose um and definitely can increase that number on your metabolic rate whatever that might be also the sauna do you guys sauna at all no no that's huge. Uh, That's... Fortunately, the, the gym we go to doesn't have a sauna. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm so fortunate that I have one uh, in my community. So it is yeah. you know, such a blessing to get there five, six times a week. And that is like also a huge, huge driver of metabolic rate. And, you know, not only sauna, but going from hot to cold. I like to sauna right into cold shower. Uh, oh, yeah. That will wake you up, man. That, that will get you moving like nothing else. It's crazy um I, i'd recommend trying that it doesn't have to be a cold plunge it could literally just be a cold shower just yeah. heat exposure right into cold exposure back into heat exposure etc it's really really good for the body and the mind um my i guess last last question is where can people find you guys as we wrap this up uh and then how can they contact you what are all your social medias any youtube uh instagram all of it all that good stuff yeah you can find us uh at butterfield uh, pretty much on any social media we're on instagram tiktok twitter also youtube um and then on instagram we're also uh you can find us at butterfield fitness 
So that's where we we just we just do like fitness content uh, with a carnivore animal based approach. Everything else is just about carnivore education. So you know, debunking the lies, uh, preaching animal foods, animal fats, uh, fighting big food, <laughs> big awesome. food and yeah. healthcare in a way. <laughs> oh, and healthcare. Yeah. Awesome! Amazing having you guys yeah. on. It's so nice meeting you both. Yeah, yeah, no, thank you so much, Brandon. Really appreciate the time and, uh, you know, yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully we can get a collab going in the future too. Yeah, we'll have to do this again at some point. And, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, th thank, thanks so much, man. Thanks great, so much, guys. Great, have have a great too. night. Yeah, yeah you too, brother. Have a good night.